2: Is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co host, Speedy. Petey, remember you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern time only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I hope the Islander fans enjoyed the game, and I hope you enjoy the show. Speedy, what's up, man?
3: Yeah, happy Super Bowl week, everybody. Happy Super Bowl. <laughs> (laughs) Which means you potentially could get to enjoy Kadarius Tony embarrass himself again because he's actually listed as active this time after being listed as inactive for the first two playoff games. So we'll see if he lines up offsides this time and does something funny.
2: No, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we did not go to Radio Row this year. But we're happy to be here. We had some great guests from Radio Row that actually joined our show on the Sports Loudmouth. So I just want to give a shout out to the NFL for not inviting us, but it doesn't really matter. We never applied. And if we did, we would have dropped the hammer on it. Everybody there, but I'm just... <laughs> Canarius Tony would have dropped the ball. Maybe his balls didn't drop yet. But anyways, <laughs> we're excited for this week, the Super Bowl week. Super Bowl 58, you have Kansas City as they're defending their championship against the 49ers, and we do remember what happened a few years ago when the 49ers had a lead in the fourth quarter with five and a half minutes left. Ten-point lead, and Kyle, a.k.a. Bluffer or Choker Shanahan, decides to stop running the ball and throw the ball with Jimmy G. And what happens in the game? Patrick Mahomes takes the ball down twice, and they win the game. And don't forget about the defense coordinated by the great Robert Sala. (laughs) Don't remind me about Robert Sala. Please don't (laughs) remind me. As we have to go into a new season with Robert Sala (laughs) and that damn coaching staff. I am not excited about that. Woody Johnson spoke out. He is not happy with the organization right now and the way it's being run. And he also said that this is the year. It's this year or never. And he said the problem with the Jets last year is the Jets didn't have a real backup which was taking shots at Zach Wilson, which tells you one thing Jet fans, Zach Wilson will probably be traded and probably driven to the airport by the time the season is over, so I do not believe Zach Wilson will be a part of this organization moving forward, as we heard Woody Johnson say, he is an absolute failure a little bit later in the show, we will be talking to three-time Super Bowl champion, our friend running back, Kenyon Barner he will be joining us at the Super Bowl, yes, he's in Vegas, working on some inside work. Maybe he'll tell you guys when we get him on the show. We're going to get into recapping the Super Bowl Media Day comments. Roger Goodell speaks out about sports betting. Taylor Swift's impact to the NFL and the NFL referees which have been absolutely putrid. Reports say that the Giants will likely not franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Cowboys are interested in signing Saquon Barkley if he hits free agency. NBA News. The New York Knickerbockers acquire Boyan by Donovich and Alec Burks from the Pistons. That was probably the biggest trade at the trade deadline and probably the one that made the most sense out of all the trades. <laughs> NBA trade deadline recap will go through all of them. Joel Embiid suffers a meniscus injury and will miss at least a month as he has already said that he does not want surgery. He is going to fight this through the season and through the playoffs before he has meniscus surgery, which is not a smart move as far as I'm concerned if he's a franchise player. MLB news, Corbin Burns is traded to the Baltimore Orioles. What does this say to the New York Yankees from their offseason, adding Juan Soto and Marcus Stroman? Was the Juan Soto move bigger than Corbin Burns going to the Baltimore Orioles? That could be argued. Moneyline Mania with Chaz and Brino Johnny, ready to give you some winners. So why don't we get into it, as there's been so many crazy things said at the Super Bowl Media Day. They yeah, had The Rock there, Josh Allen, Hamlin, everybody's been there, but us, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's get into the Media Day and some Super Bowl conversation. Kyle Shanahan said that he knew in 2022 that Brock Purdy was the best quarterback on their team. Cornerback Charverius Ward on the Chiefs when they beat the 49ers four years ago said that being a 49er is better. George Kittle says he is ready to go toe-to-toe with Travis Kelsey and that Kelsey calls Kittle the best tight end in the NFL. And Brock Purdy when asked, is he ready to Disappoint Taylor Swift. And he said, yes, he is. So Kyle Shanahan, he stated that Brock Purdy was the best quarterback on his team in 2022. And hence the reason why they decided to part ways with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. The interesting part of this story about Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan has been here before against the same Kansas City Chiefs five years ago. And what happened in the fourth quarter, five minutes left. Up 10 against the Chiefs, you decided to stop to run the football. He did the same thing a few years before as the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons against the New England Patriots. In the fourth quarter, as Atlanta was destroying the New England Patriots, they decided to stop playing defense, which I don't blame Kyle Shanahan, and they stopped actually running the ball, which has been their strength all season long. If you look at the Falcons' Offense, that year, they were the best running team in the NFL. If you look... At the 49ers offense, the year that they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, their running game, the number one in the NFL. And now, the best running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey. So what are we expecting Kyle Shanahan to do in a big, important part of this game in the fourth quarter while being up maybe against the Kansas City Chiefs where they control the ball, they control the time, and they control the clock with their running game? What are they going to do? Are they going to decide to use Brock? Purdy ...and throw the ball or make Brock Purdy run the ball when you have a weapon like Christian McCaffrey? Julio Jones was on that Atlanta Falcon team. He was the best wide receiver in football. So I understand they have Debo Samuel. I understand they have Brendan Ayuk. I understand they have George Kittle, who's an all-pro player this year. As Travis Kelsey comes out and says, he's the best tight end in football, which is a lie. We all know that Travis believes he's the best tight end in football. But nevertheless, they have more than just Christian McCaffrey. But when the going gets tough... Who do they give the ball to? They give it to Christian McCaffrey. I expect this game to be the complete opposite, especially in the fourth quarter. And if Kyle can't get over the hump in this game, I would definitely look into next offseason if Kyle cannot win a Super Bowl and part ways with him. You have too good of a defense, too good of an offense, to not get into the Super Bowl and win a game where I believe you're better than the team that you're playing. Even when Kansas City beat them with five minutes left, Patrick Mahomes takes the ball down twice and wins the game game and knocks him off. He scores 14 points in less than four minutes. Even in that game, who was the better team? That was the 49ers. I wouldn't fire him this offseason because there really is nothing available. I don't think I see Bill Belichick taking this job. Maybe Vrabel, but I don't know if you want to bring in a defensive guy with this type of offense that you have right now. Maybe Ben Johnson after next year. Ben Johnson already said he's staying with the Lions for one more year. If he has another good season with the Lions, why wouldn't you look at Ben Johnson taking over for Team like
3: this. Brandon Ayuk is a free agent in the offseason. By the way, made that unbelievable catch. Bounced off the Lions defender and great awareness. It was funny. He was like, oh, it was just a ladybug. He saw a ladybug on his helmet.
2: Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey said they embraced the booze given to them by the fans in Vegas. Chris Jones said that he was surprised that Steve. Spagnola did not get any head coaching interviews this offseason. Kadarius Tony said that what he said about the Chiefs faking injury reports was not directed at the Chiefs organization, but the Giant fans commenting on him on social media. Travis Kelsey says that the Manning brothers paved the way for him and Jason having the success they have had for New Heights Podcast. Congratulations to New Heights Podcast. Over a million downloads on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I think their show will definitely be picked up when Travis and Jason decide to seal the deal and to hang up those cleats. But I don't think it's going to be this offseason. I believe Jason is going to be back, and I believe Travis is going to play at least another season. But I'm not going to throw Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey under the bus saying that they embrace the booze. All big superstars embrace the booze. Ask Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, everywhere he went, if it wasn't in Chicago, there were booze. And Michael Jordan played his best games in Madison Square Garden in L.A. at the Staples Center. He played his best games when the games mattered, when the boos were loudest. If you want to be a superstar and you want to pave the way and be compared to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, all these guys that we have seen over the last 20 years of football, you have to expect That you're going to be booed. You're the most hated player on the field. You might be the best player on the field. But you're the most hated player on the field. And Travis Kelsey, I don't buy that he believes George Kittle is a better tight end than he is. That is the most ridiculous statement to a guy that has been dominant at the position for the last five seasons. Only as
3: a blocker, he's better. That's really it.
2: He is not better than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey changes games. I'm
3: not saying George Kittle can't change a game. Kittle can't change a game by himself. Kelsey can. And you also look at the matchup for this game because... The 49ers definitely have a lot of the same assets of the Ravens being able to take out Travis Kelsey, but will they have the better game plan for that kind of thing? Because you're going to get these boos, you're going to get all this criticism, and the Super Bowl is a mixed reaction crowd, too. There's going to be fans that aren't Chiefs or 49ers fans going to the Super Bowl, so they're used to that kind of thing. It'll be up to Steve Wilks and that 49ers defense to actually use their best players on them and not what the Ravens did, putting a lot of slot corners on Travis Kelsey. Fred Warner is the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. He can run with wide receivers. He's one of the only linebackers we've seen ever that could run with wide receivers and man-to-man coverage. He could definitely make it with Travis Kelsey, so we'll see if the 49ers are able to skip to the game plan, but you're right. Mahomes is not going to be faced by the boog at this point, especially he knows he's embracing all this criticism with all the Chiefs. oh, They're not there anymore. They're thought of as the underdogs and he's embracing that. Kadarius Toney really <laughs> plugging the way all over Twitter or X. He is really throwing
2: himself under the bus. He makes himself really look bad. I respect that Kadarius Tony is trying to stick up for himself and trying to protect his rights and his background of what he has said over the last couple of weeks on the injury situation and really what the Giant fans are doing to him. They did this to Eli Apple. The Giant fans have done this many, many times to ex-New York Giants. They even did it to Odell Beckham for a little bit. But not as bad because Odell Beckham at one point was one of those favorites. Nobody loves Kadarius Toney. I don't want to hear he's a human joystick. What has he humanly joysticked in the NFL? Nothing! And I'll tell you this about Kadarius Toney that I just don't understand. When fans are taking shots at you all over social media, and usually if you're in the media world, you don't want to attack them until the season is over. You have a chance to win another ring. Roger Goodell commented that he wants to create a new policy for sports betting to avoid the issues of several players getting suspended last season. Goodell praised the NFL for hiring four out of eight new head coaches being minority candidates. Goodell said that the referees have done an exceptional job this season in a faster NFL. Goodell Goodell mentioned mistakes like Taylor Decker versus the Cowboys and Kadarius Toney versus the Bills are issues they want to fix. Goodell says that Taylor Swift has had a positive impact on the NFL. Are you kidding me? It's been all about Taylor Swift. This Super Bowl is about Taylor Swift. Is she going to be back from Japan? Is she going to be there for Travis Kelsey? Is she going to get a chance to hold the trophy if Kansas City wins the Super Bowl? Give me a break. I am not throwing Taylor Swift under the bus. Did anybody watch the Grammys? When she won Best Album of the Year, she broke the record for Grammys, and she won an award. The award was handed to her by Celine Dion. She didn't even hug her. She didn't even praise who she was. Now Celine Dion's one of the greatest singers of this generation. And then her publicists and were trying to clean it up on Twitter the next day because everybody was attacking her. And really been the center of attention throughout the playoffs. Dancing in the press boxes with Brittany Mahomes and Kelsey's mother and everybody. Yeah, Jason Kelsey with his shirt off, drinking beers. He looked like a giant warthog in the press box. But nevertheless, I give Kansas City a lot of credit because even with all this attention, they're winning. That's something that says a lot about this team. That says a lot about Andy Reid, his coaching staff, and Patrick Mahomes has been sensational throughout the second half of the season. But I respect Roger Goodell in certain aspects of the NFL. I don't like how he treats ex-players because everything that's gone on after their careers with the CT situation, knee problems, body problems, back problems, the players should be commended for all the time that they played in the NFL. I think that they should have benefits. They should have full benefits after they retire from the NFL. This is a multi Billion-dollar industry that made seventeen billion dollars last year, but there was something that he said at his press conference was very interesting. Anybody in the society, um,
4: when they're in a public position, are going to be subject to criticism, and uh, I think um, the idea that uh, this was in a script and this is pre-planned—that's uh, that's, that's just—it's nonsense. Uh, it's frankly not even worth talking about. We see two people are really happy together, having fun
2: together. Uh, I think that's wonderful. Uh, and I wish them well. I wish them well. Are you kidding me? The NFL absolutely is scripting this. They love that Taylor Swift is going to fly after a Japan concert on Saturday, 13 hours to go see her man play for the Super Bowl. She might as well hang out with Roger Goodell. I don't understand the NFL. Roger Goodell is a fraud. I don't believe that he treats players and I don't think he treats the fans the way he should. All he cares about is how much money he's putting in the owner's pockets. All he cares about is how much money he's putting in his own pockets. Nobody wants to see Roger Goodell speak about the NFL and how good the referees have been. They have been absolutely putrid. They have been horrible. They have been as bad as they've ever been. And throughout the playoffs, are you kidding me? The Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs game. The Packers 49ers. The Packers and 49ers! Horrible referee calls throughout the playoffs and throughout the season. I believe the referees have cost teams making the playoffs. And he's coming out and he says, I think the referees have been great. I praise the referees. They should be at home eating donuts. I think you should hire ex-players. I think Roger Goodell has not been good for the league. Maybe for money. Because it's the NFL. It's a draw. That's not rocket science. This man is making over $50 million a year. He's getting benefits for him and his family. If he's there as a commissioner or he retires and he has his own personal jet. Are you kidding me? There are players right now that can't even walk. And they have no benefits. But your family does. Your son does. Your daughter does does, where who are they? What the hell do they do for the NFL? Not playing it. <laughs> you don't want to believe it's scripted? I believe somewhat of the NFL playoffs is scripted. I believe that the NFL loved the fact that Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl oh, sure. with Taylor Swift, with Travis Kelsey, and the superstars
3: that are heading there. And, and Patrick Mahomes, the biggest crybaby in the NFL. We've interviewed a lot of players that say, a script at the start of the season, to you know how it's going to happen, but there's definitely some referee bias that has been in a pattern in a larger sample over the year, years, and with the Packers and the Patriots, Aaron Rodgers wines, Tom Brady wines. Nobody cries more than Patrick Mahomes. That's fair. Nobody cried more than Tom Brady. I'm just sensing the pattern of referee bias that's still been going on. I think Seattle got it a lot. Uh, Look at all the bad calls that were in that game against the Vikings in the playoffs. The year before, the 49ers and Seahawks NFC Championship. Round before, the 49ers and the Panthers game. That was really horribly officiated because the league won. (laughs) Those two teams. ESPN's Jordan
2: Raynard reports that the Giants are not likely to franchise tag Saquon Barkley, and he expects Saquon to hit free agency. Joe Shane says that he will still make an effort to sign him and only use the franchise tag as the last resort. March 5th, is the official franchise tag deadline date. But Saquon thinks if the Giants were going to use it, it would have happened already. Former NFL receiver Harry Douglas says that the Texans would be a great landing spot for Saquon if he hits free agency. Other reports say that the Chargers and the Vikings are expected to pursue Saquon. The projected running back franchise tag is $11.35 million for this season, up by about a million from last season. So Saquon was offered. A franchise tag of 10 million by the Giants this past season and incentives, which would have made him about 14.5 million dollars. He did not hit his incentives this year because he missed a few games. Saquon still has a lot left in his tank. I think Buffalo should really look at him in the offseason. I like James Cook. He was fantastic this year. Saquon could change everything for the Buffalo Bills. If you look at the 49ers, since Christian McCaffrey, have they been the same offensive, one-dimensional team? No. And they had good running games, but they didn't have a star running back like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey changes everything for the 49ers, and you're going to see that on Sunday. Because he can change a game at the 5-yard line. He can change the game at the 50-yard line. One big move, one deke And he's going to put it in the end zone. Saquon has that ability. If there's anybody that has the talent of Christian McCaffrey right now in the league, all around talent, it is Saquon Barkley. He can change a team. And I think that Saquon has believed over the last two years the Giants were not going to re-sign him. And Saquon deserves an extension. Now, Saquon's been dealing with injuries, and we believed that when he was drafted. And I did not believe the Giants should have drafted him as the number two pick. But he has been the Giants' best player for the last five seasons. And yes, they have Dexter Lawrence who's had a great three years, and he's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. But he's not Saquon Barkley. He doesn't change a game in one play, one move. The Giants have not had of players since Odell Beckham. What is Odell Beckham doing right now? Tore is ACL, he's not been the same. Look what Barkley has done. He had tore his Achilles, which is worse than blowing out your knee. And he came back, and he's still
3: an exceptional player. 1,252 scrimmage yards last year is very impressive for playing only about 12 games. When you look at the position that the Giants are in, they need Saquon
2: Barkley more than Saquon Barkley needs them. They don't have a quarterback right now, because you don't know if Daniel Jones is going to stay healthy for a season because they don't have an offensive line that can protect
3: Yep, and that's going to be an incentive for Saquon to say, I'm not going to stay here either. And here's
2: the crazy thing. Even with a bad offensive line, Saquon Barkley had all scrimmage purpose yards over 1,200. How many running backs, besides probably the two New Yorkers, had bad offensive lines and still put up the numbers? Not many at all. That's the difference. When you have a guy that can change a game, and you have the ability to change a game, you can't just let those guys go. I disagree with the Giants on this. Joe Shane could lose his job at the end of next season. Yeah,
3: he's already dug his grave really badly with how bad they've handled the relationship with Saquon Barkley, because it seemed like even with his comments two years ago that they were leaning towards getting rid of him anyway, and then the Giants overperformed, they started hot, they started 6-1, and one, and they weren't going to trade him. I think if they didn't do as well as they did, they would have traded him then and then gotten whatever value they could have gotten at that time because the Giants, it doesn't seem like they're going to keep him at this point anymore because they've been just toying with him and I know Saquon says he wants to be a Giant for life, but he wants to be a Giant for life on the money that he deserves and now with the Colts paying Jonathan Taylor, that's going to alleviate the running back market more and how the 49ers have played with Christian McCaffrey being a feature player, maybe could change a lot of teams' minds He's not going
2: to the Chargers, by the way I do not believe Jim Harbaugh is going to make a move and bring a guy like Saquon Barkley because he can draft one. Now the Vikings could do that. If the Vikings could figure it out with Cousins and Jefferson. But they don't have the money. Cousins and Jefferson, Uh you're gonna have to pay Jefferson. He's gonna want over 140, 150 million dollars. He's the best wide receiver in the league. We're seeing all these different wide receivers and Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. They all get these big contracts. So why wouldn't you see a guy like Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, not getting 140 or 145 million dollars by the Vikings? So I don't think they're gonna have the money to get him. And the Texans make sense. But why? They got Pierce coming back here's the team that should be going after him and a team that everybody's been talking about and that's the Cowboys the Cowboys could use a guy like Saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley has been in the NFC East his whole career which is something love Jerry Jones loves to do too he loves to get guys from rival teams Pollard is not coming back next year there are quite a few good running backs that are going to be available in the offseason and Derrick Henry is another one that a lot of people believe and maybe he goes to the Giants the Giants decide to bring him in and let go of Saquon Barkley who knows What I can tell you about Saquon Barkley is he is the best running back on that list in free agency this offseason. And shame on the Giants to let this guy go. If the Giants decide to part ways with Saquon Barkley and not give him an extension, Daniel Jones doesn't have that blanket. Daniel Jones will be hurt in the first five or six games and that's $80 million the Giants messed up in two years giving
3: Daniel Jones the money that they gave him because they can't protect him and they don't have a weapon in the backfield that can help him. That's the main problem I think Joe Shane has had is he waited too long. For the entire process, if you had a plan B of Saquon Barkley, then you should have traded him then and get the combined assets then. At that point, how many wide receivers are going to be traded at the draft that were going to be rumored the last two years, not even just last year too? If you wanted to use him in, in a package for that kind of trade because you didn't want to keep him there, do something like that. Do something to get extra draft picks to get combined value. They didn't do that. They waited too long, and then they made Saquon unhappy. They had to settle on this one-year deal with the incentives. Then he gets hurt. He doesn't get the incentives, so now he's being even more disgruntled. So the Giants now have lost a lot of value if they do end up franchised Tagging him again and trading him, or they're going to let him go and get nothing out of it. So, Joe Shane really, I think, messed up that whole operation with him. The whole Dable
2: thing, too. How many coaches have decided not to want to come back with the New York Giants? Mm -hmm. And the Giants decide, hey, you know what, we're going to part ways with them because they don't want to throw Dable under the bus. Dable, this year, did not have a good season. He was coach of the year last year, no question, had a sensational year. Giant fans loved him. I loved him. Everybody loved him, besides Wink Martindale. You're going into a season now that the Giants are going to have to make decisions. Daniel Jones, this is his final year. Now, he has four years. He signed a four-year deal with the Giants, but the, the Giants are not going to have to pay him. It's not going to hurt them when it comes to the salary cap after the second year. So they can drop Daniel Jones after this year. Are you going into the draft this year and drafting a quarterback? Are you going to let him sit behind Daniel Jones for a year and then Bring him in, or are you going to draft a quarterback and then bring him in in the third or fourth game? And that's what we've seen them do when Eli Manning was drafted. They let Kurt Warner play for seven games. By the way, the Giants had a winning record when they did that. And they said, you know what, Kurt? We're going to trade
3: you to Arizona. Yep, and then they finished that season six and ten.
2: I do believe the Giants have made a lot of mistakes over the last couple of years, especially the coaching, some of the GMs and the executives they brought in to try to help and try to build this team back from what it was with Tom Coughlin. This team has failed because you're bringing in personalities that don't make sense. Now, I'm not saying Dable is not a good personality. I love his sarcasm when he's talking to the press. I love what he does on the bench when the team isn't playing well. He's going up the players, he's turning red, he's yelling at them. That's what you want to see. You want to see that aggressive nature because the Jets haven't seen it since they brought Robert Sala in. Personality is what sells to the press. You come to New York, you sell yourself. And I don't care if the fans like me. I don't care if the coaches like me. I'm going to go
3: out there and I'm going to coach the team the way I want to coach them. Yeah, and you wonder if Saquon is one of those guys that had that tough relationship with Dable too towards the end of the season last year because the offensive players probably still had some disgruntled with the play calling as well and Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, whoever you want to blame for that kind of thing definitely rubbed certain players the wrong way and Saquon clearly one of them not wanting to stay with this Giants organization and now you look at these teams that are actively going to be pursuing him in the offseason There's a lot of teams already on the list that have been interested in him and two of them are in your own division and we know the NFC East loves to do that where they love to sign players from rival teams now most Mostly, that was Washington. Dan Snyder loved to do that the most, with Deshaun Jackson especially. The Cowboys did it, the Eagles with DeMarco Murray. It it would not surprise me if the Eagles or the Cowboys pursued hard, because look at all the teams going after him. Good offensive lines didn't have good running games last year, between Pollard and DeAndre Swift kind of being inconsistent, and like the Chargers and the Vikings too, just very inconsistent running games. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen,
2: our very special guest, he's in Vegas, he's looking good, he's ready to give you his thoughts to Super Bowl 58. We will be talking to three-time Super Bowl champion running back Kenyon Barner here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember to listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, L.A. on 103.9, the L.I. News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me, Speedy Petey, and ex-NFL Loudmouth, Sean Smith. All you have to do to check our local listings is you go to our website, WorldWideSportsRadio.com Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify and check us out, The Sports Loud Mouth. Listen to it Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7pm. So why don't we get into it I know Kenyon is a big fan of our show, big fan of us and he is in Vegas right now enjoying himself looking good and now we're introducing him as our very special guest of the week three time Super Bowl champion running back, Kenyon Ball Warner. Kenyon! How are you?
4: What's the word, fellas? How are we doing?
2: You look good, man! You look healthy. Uh, you. I like the coat, man. You look sophisticated. Like that? I like, like it, me? man. I mean, okay, it's, man, you gotta strung yourself. I'm not wearing a coat, but I am wearing a Miami Heat jersey. I'm I a Nick fan. You know, I'm matching. I'm looking pretty, but I'm not showing myself off. But you could show three well, rings. I see the New York hat. though. Are you a New York?
4: Absolutely kid, not. I'm an LA Dodger.
2: Oh, so you like the deferring money, huh?
4: Hey, it works in our favor. For okay.
2: now, it does. Hopefully, it'll win them championships. <laughs> I think it's genius. He I, hated it. I hate I, it.
4: It's absolutely genius.
2: I don't want to get into Mr. the Dodgers B. unless you want me to throw up. I want to get into this year's Super Bowl we haven't had you on the show for a little while and we love you man because the last time you were on the show me and you went at it we went back and forth I told you a little bit about your Eagles and some of the crazy things they did we're not going
4: there I hate that you brought that up again mm. because I have forgotten about it and here we are months later and you bring that image back It's a I told him not to earlier I wanted to send you a Th- gift that's how you want to start this off yes. after going so long without seeing each other that's what you mm. want to do huh? I Guess warned him not to too sweetie I appreciate you brother.
2: it is so Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl 58, and once again, we have the wonderful Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl versus the 49ers. We saw this a couple of years ago, and Kansas City wins their first championship. We see Patrick Mahomes hoist that wonderful trophy and says, we're not done. We're going to win many of these. Did you think Kansas City had any chance of going through the wild card, the divisional, the AFC title game, and now finally making it to the Super Bowl once again?
4: I believe That Pat Mahomes is this generation's Tom Brady. This kid wins, and I call him a kid. I feel old now. All he does win. Don't call me DJ Kelly. But it's hard to bet against him. Anytime that he's in a game, there's an opportunity for him to win. I did not think he was going to beat Baltimore. I did not see that coming. I was disappointed. But it's Pat Mahomes.
3: You look at this Chiefs team versus the identity of the Chiefs team with the one you played against with the Buccaneers. Do you think it's a different identity trying to go with the defense now, or do you think it's still a lot of those same concepts with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and those guys?
4: At the end of the day, it's Pat Mahomes and Travis. Kelsey. Where they have improved is defensively. They're a far better defensive team than they've been in the previous years. They got playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. You got Chris in the middle. So defensively, they're sound. Where they lack And what's been a topic all year is receiver. It's not the same receiving core. I don't think they're as explosive, nor do I think they're as dependable. They stepped up in the playoffs, no doubt about it. But I think that's where the drop-off is.
2: It's interesting when you look at the transition of what the league has turned into. You talk about superstar quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes has changed the league. Tom Brady changed the league with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees in the time of dominance. When you look at the quarterback play going into this game, you have Brock Purdy, who was the last pick of the seventh round. Everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? He comes in last year. He wins eight straight games, goes all the way through the playoffs to the NFC title game, and gets literally knocked out of the game. Tears his UCL, comes back in the beginning of the season, makes this run, goes into a losing spurt three games in a row, and then completely takes off again. Do you believe Brock Purdy is for real? I do.
4: Up until last week, I made a tweet a couple weeks ago. I said, I believe the Super Bowl champion is coming out of the AFC championship game between Baltimore and Kansas City. Reason being, I didn't believe that either Detroit nor San Fran had a quarterback that could put the team on their back and go down and win a game if it came down to it. All things equal, and you need somebody to go win a game. I believe that the AFC contenders had the quarterback that could go do that. Up until two weeks ago, now going on two weeks, Purdy showed me something in that game. I think he showed the world a lot of things. He can put the ball in his hands. He can take off running. He can make the hard throws. He can make the tight window throws. He did all of that. So up until they played in that championship game, I didn't believe that. But I do believe that Brock Purdy has what it takes to go down there and get the job done.
3: So Christian McCaffrey had a big season, Offensive Player of the Year. A lot of the rumors with the offseason has been don't pay the running backs. All these other guys were disgruntled and you're seeing somebody like Christian McCaffrey having the impact on the 49ers the way he does. Do you think that'll change for these other guys to get paid being how valuable somebody like McCaffrey has been?
4: Notice who we're talking about here. We're talking about Christian McCaffrey. We're not talking about your typical NFL running back. I tell people about Christian during our time in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey is the only player I've ever seen take every single rep in training camp. It's unheard of. Nobody wants to do that. So I think Christian McCaffrey is in A league of his own I think he's a different breed than any of the rest of the running backs and for the running back market it's going to be hard especially the way the game is played nowadays it's running back by committee it's not one guy getting the bulk of the carries it's two three guys getting an opportunity to get in that game and make an impact and so when you have that as an organization it's hard to look at a running back and say you know I'm gonna pay this guy I understand from a business standpoint but as a player when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley that should get paid without hesitation Mm. I think he was done wrong bottom line no questions asked about it when you have a guy like that a guy like Christian McCaffrey, a guy like Saquon Barkley. There's very few players that can change a game by themselves. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey and a couple other guys are those guys. You deserve to pay them, but as far as the business side of it, it's going to be hard for running backs, I think, for a little while now. They don't value us because they believe that they can use two and three guys and get the same result as one guy.
2: We are talking to three-time Super Bowl champion running back Kenyon Barner. Going into the Super Bowl, you have a tremendous amount of offensive weapons. Brendan Hayuk, who's going to be a free agent going into this offseason. You have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, then you have Travis Kelsey. We have a young kid in Rice. And even Pacheco and McCaffrey. You see all these talented offensive players. Who do you think is going to stand out from all the rest?
4: I'm never betting against my guy, Christian McCaffrey. c In moments like this, this is where great players are made. Christian has had a great career up until this point. He's been talked about being best, if not one of the best running backs in the NFL for years now. I think this is his opportunity to come out and make that statement. No, there isn't anybody else but me. So my bets on Christian. And always go with Pat Mahomes. You can go with the quarterback easily. They have the ball in their hands the most. But in my opinion, it's going to be Christian. I think he's going to make the biggest impact on his game.
2: Where did you get that coat? It's fancy. I definitely need to get myself one. You won't be able to find this one anymore.
4: Uh, okay, This is the Zara collection from 2008. Oh, I like Zara. Yeah, 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 I actually
2: yeah, shopped there. I actually love their sweaters. They have some nice stuff. European kind of style. You gotta look okay, sexy, okay. I'll man. I'll show
4: you. 95% of my closet is Zara. I'm not going to Louis I'm not going to all these designers no I'm going to Zara and I'm going to put these clothes on and I'm going to look just as good as you oh, look, not 100% and when man. I put them on I'm going to look better okay? oh <laughs> look at him man
2: Barner's telling you nobody looks better than me baby I am a sneakerhead. I'm a clothing head what you got head. on
4: your feet right now
2: nothing it's the weirdest thing I have a ton of Jordans I have almost every single kind of Jordan probably own about 200 pairs of sneakers you will never see me go out with any of those Jordans I'm wearing outside slippers I'm going oh out to a club or something people look at me it's like where'd you get those fancy slippers man I was like i got it from your grandmother's house
4: <laughs> ah, not the grandma. look at this it's like the moccasin look
2: that's the moccasin look the warm is hell cozy. i could do the moonwalk with this thing could you imagine what you walk up to a woman and say hey baby Look at these beautiful moccasins, man. I'll wear my Zara coat. I'll wear my little moccasins. I'll be like, that's right, baby. By the way, Kenyon, I don't know if you would do this. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, would you wear one of those ugly bracelets if you were a Kansas City fan? The only bracelets I'm wearing is on my wrist right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I want a Taylor Swift bracelet on my hand? You're not a Swifty? Do I look like a Swifty? I know Roger yeah, Goodell's is. a Swifty. I know he
4: is. Changing everything about NFL football right now. Mm-hmm. Bringing in that moolah.
2: Boy, is she ever. 300 million. 300 million in that money. If she's bringing in that money why aren't you bringing me money i deserve half of that how about just give me a percentage of it give me two percent i'd be a two millionaire i think
4: you're a swift. i think you're an undercover Swift. someone has heard you not a chance I in hell singing. we are never ever ever you know the song singer. i don't even know the song what the hell her 1989 album was great oh
2: he's a swifty i'm not a swifty
4: Wait, i'm a country music fan but
2: she's not a country yeah. music singer she's a pop singer she's, she started Ooh. in country music and she sucked at it too are you a travis Kelsey friend. I like his brother. Me and his brother played together.
4: I love, okay. I love Jason. But no, I love music. I disagree. No, you're not a fan, you're a friend. What did Aaron Rodgers call him, Mr. Pfizer? You can't hate
2: uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, for saying that. That was pretty funny.
4: You gotta love a guy that speaks his mind and says whatever.
2: Well, I'm one of those guys. We are talking to three-time Super Bowl champion running
3: back, Kenyon Barner. So you also played with somebody that got fired. Now it's looking for a job and didn't get one. Bill Belichick this offseason. Looked like he was going to get the Atlanta Falcons job. They go with Raheem Morris instead. Then everyone thinking. It was going to be the Chargers at Washington, a lot of these other teams. Are you surprised that Bill Belichick didn't get a job, and do you think he wanted too much control?
4: I'm very surprised that he didn't get a job. He's arguably the greatest coach to have ever coached in the NFL. So for him not to have a job is kind of mind-boggling a little bit, but everything happens for a reason, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet when it's time to land on his feet.
2: If there was a particular running back that really stuck out to you this year, not Christian McCaffrey, which running back really has stood out to you from all the rest?
4: Raheem Mustard. The season he had, okay, you can say I'm biased. I've <laughs> known Raheem since his rookie year out there in Philly. So to see his grind and to see where he started and where he's at now, to see what he's had to overcome, all the X's and O's, that's great. But when you can see a person's rise, I think that makes it far greater, and what he does on the field is phenomenal. You're not going to catch the guy. He's a strong runner. His contact balance is crazy. For me, it's Raheem Mostert, but Bijan is something to behold. That is a monster. I think his future is extremely bright. I think one day he has a chance of being one of the best backs in the league, if not the best.
3: Well, he's been rescued now that they don't have Arthur Smith only giving him five carries a game. (laughs)
2: Crazy.
4: How do you have that kind of talent in your locker room, on your offense, and you don't feed him?
2: How about Kyle Pitts? You have top seven first-round pick a couple of years ago. He had a rookie season over a 1,000 yards. Everybody was comparing him to Travis Kelsey. Oh, my God, I've never seen a guy this athletic, and then all of a sudden, he hasn't seen more than four passes a game. This guy with the athletic size and ability that he has. Coaches
4: puzzle me sometimes. I look at some guys that get in these coaches positions and they have the type of players that they have, but they don't utilize them. They don't put them in a position to succeed. And I don't know, Arthur, I didn't play for him. But when you have a guy like Kyle Pitts, when you have a guy like Bijan, you have to figure out a way to put the ball in those guys. And those are the guys that are going to win you a game and put you in position to win the game. I just don't understand it. Never understood it during my time in the league of watching guys not get fed the ball that should get fed the ball. Sometimes I think coaches out-coach themselves.
3: And then there's also instances where he fakes an injury report because he has an illness doesn't play for the entirety of week seven and nobody knows why and then he whines at the end of the season that the saints were running up the score on him that's not gonna hold your job very long
4: it's football my guy if you got a chance to put your foot on my neck and keep it there please do it because if i ever get the opportunity i'm gonna do it to you i think this sportsmanship thing is sports i'm not here to beat you i want to embarrass you i want you to dislike me at the end of this game i don't care if you like me I don't care what you think about me. I'm out here to dominate. I want my locker room to know that I'm for them. I want my locker room to know that we out here to dominate. And that's it. And that's that. I'm
2: feeling something from you right now. Are you a Taurus? As a matter of fact, I am. Is your Uh birthday in the middle of April? No. Is it at the end of April? Yeah, I'm a real Taurus. Is your birthday close to the 29th?
4: Yes, it is. It's a day before the 29th.
2: Ah, April 28th. Yes. Well, let me tell yes, you, sir. my friend. My birthday is April 29th. I knew I loved you. I, I we're blood brothers. would love that
3: first sight. I'm a
2: little bit older than you. You were born in 89. I was born in 82, yes. so I'm your elder. You have to my, respect your elders. Age. Yes. I'm your mother's age? No, my oh. brother. Oh, I was about to say, damn, I'm an old man. Wait a minute. <laughs> what are you saying about my mom? I was, was about to say, age? wait a second. How old is your mom when she had you? No oh, worry. No, Don't worry. Don't worry,
3: Kenyon. He's not going to accuse you of being like Zach Wilson. That's a whole
2: nother story. That's a whole nother woman.
4: his You Go, young fella. Oh, he's going, man.
2: Just keep him away going? from the outside bathrooms. No me I like <laughs> picnics and barbecues too. Here we are. Kenyon, before we let you go, you're fantastic and we love you when you come on the show. A fan reached out to me. His father passed away and had one of your jerseys. And he reached out to me and he asked me, I know Kenyon and you guys follow each other. Could you reach out to Kenyon and ask him if he would autograph my jersey? This kid, Chris Sweeney, his father passed away. He was a big fan of yours. and he had your jersey. Would you sign his jersey?
4: No, I'll do you one better. <laughs> Chris, your jersey, I'm sure, is great. I'll give you a game-worn jersey, brother. I'll sign one of my game-worn jerseys for you. Do you one better. That is awesome.
2: But I think he also wants you to sign his father's jersey as well.
4: We'll make it happen. It was... their jerseys. Y'all get the address, mm-hmm. get the jerseys to me, I'll sign theirs, and I'll send them one I'm all. You're amazing, man. You're a
2: fantastic uh, personality, and we love you. We gotta get I together, man. I'm Where are you good. living right now, man?
4: Los Angeles. Oh, Hollywood. Hollywood. Look at the beautiful back wall, man. No, I'm in Vegas right now. Oh, you're hanging out with the media people over there, right? I came out here for a little meeting. Mm. Had a little meeting. Now mm. I'm gonna hop on this plane and get out of here. I'm not here for the festivity. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure That's you're not,
2: amazing. my friend. Are you a betting man? I'm not. Either am I.
3: He doesn't want to go back into the NFL and get suspended for the whole season.
2: (laughs) I'll leave my guy alone. Tell you, leave
3: Calvin alone. I'm not blaming him. We protect Calvin Ridley. We're, we're blaming the okay, uh, okay. upper echelon of the NFL that loves to suspend all these guys. And
2: I want to give a shout out to the NFL because I've been to media world. I've been to media wow. day and media week and the NFL did me dirty. And that's why I'm not down there right now. I don't want to throw any curveballs because I don't know if Roger Goodell is going to jump right through the wall or something. And try to chop my head off because he's a Swifty and he has some kind of love fest. And he says that the game isn't scripted, which he's <laughs> starting to get under people skin on all the crap that comes out of his mouth but you're here you're excited to be over there in media world since you've been there since you've gone there what has stood out over there do you see all these stars you see the rock you see josh allen you see hamlin what has stood out to you who have you met at media day that's really stood out from all the rest
4: I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Mm. I literally flew in today, got in at 2.30. Mm. I had a meeting at 4, and I'm on a flight at 11.52. So I'm not here for the fest. I came in town for
2: some business. What kind of business is this? Is it legal? I'm just kidding. Very legal. <laughs> I'm an upstanding. <laughs> <laughs> very you, legal. I'm going to get you in trouble, man. I don't
4: know what you're talking about. I know what I'm As talking about. Matter of fact, to God, I my lawyer. Could
2: you imagine me be somebody's look, lawyer? Oh, my God. I get, get myself a into bully, a lot of trouble. But you would be a bully of a lawyer.
4: I, I think so. You would be the lawyer that everybody wanted.
2: I'm loving him even more. I feel it. Like Any... Taurus baby out there listening to the show right now. Could you feel Kenyon Barner? Can you feel the power of the E-marks? Speedy, do you feel it? They gotta feel it. I don't know. Kenyon, at the rate you're going, you might transform Errol into a Swifty. Oh, that (laughs) will never happen. I will never Uh... listen to 1989. By the way, I'm a DJ. I did a Sweet 16 the other day, and the girl came up to me. She's like, did you get my list? And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, I got your list. And she says, well, what do you think? I said, I think I got it. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. This is going to be an easy part. I played every single one of her albums. In a four-hour party, I don't think I'll ever listen to Taylor Swift again. Ever again? Ever again. Could you imagine listening to a different song and hearing the same voice over and over and over again? You have love songs, you have ballads. Come on, man. I'm done with the Swifties. All all Taylor Swift songs are about
4: breaking up, (laughs) never getting back together.
2: What do you think she's going to write about Travis Kelsey? (laughs)
4: Travis, be careful. You might be on the list to get broke up with. Is he ever? Did you like her swag, that she did at the Chiefs game.
2: No, I didn't. It, it looks needed, like a snake.
4: It needed some lorry seasoning salt, some black pepper, some salt, some garlic salt, oh, some yeah. onion powder. Oh, I love it. it.
2: needed some seasoning. I, I'm gonna do you a favor. I actually have my own line of clothing. I am going to sign my line of clothing, and I'm going to send it to you. And then you could sport it and show everybody what you're rocking with, baby. I like that. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna sign it for you. and You can wear it. I'll wear it, and I'm gonna take a picture of it and post it. I'm loving you even more, man. Appreciate you,
4: brother. I'm gonna wear it. I got a question for you before I go. Who do you have winning this game and why?
3: I am going to take a low-scoring game. I'm going to definitely go with the under. I I like the 49ers, though. I think they have a good game plan on Kelsey. A lot better than the Ravens would with the linebackers and middle-of-field defense that they have. And I think, like you were saying, Christian McCaffrey will get his, and I think Debo has a nice game as well. Give me the Niners' close low-scoring game.
2: I think it's going to be a fun, explosive game. I think the over in this game, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I do believe the 49ers are going to have the lead going into the mid-fourth quarter. I I think it's going to be very, very close. It's going to be back and forth, and it's going to take five, six minutes of the game. Is Kyle Shanahan actually going to continue running the ball and putting it down the throats of the Kansas City Chiefs or... Is he going to throw the ball? If he throws the ball with Brock Purdy, he's going to make a mistake. Kansas City is going to have a pick six or get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with 49ers up by six or seven. And Patrick Mahomes is going to take it down and score and win the game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think finally, Kyle Shanahan's going to open up his eyes. He's actually going to make the right calls at the end of the game. And he's going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, and the Mahomes. And I believe... Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers are going to go neck and neck throughout the game. I'm going to give it to the 49ers, 32-27. to
4: I also have the 49ers winning, and the reason why I have them winning is Kansas City throughout the playoffs have given up, I think, about 4.6 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. San Fran averages about 4.7. Kyle Shanahan does run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that Kansas City can load the box. I don't think defensively they can load the box to be able to keep up with Debo kiddos and Ayuk on the outside. I think because of that, Christian is going to have a field day. I also believe that the 49ers have a defense that contain the Chiefs' passing game and their running game without having to load the box. They have the front. They have the linebackers. 49ers in my book.
2: Oh, there we go. Kenyon Barner, 3 times Super Bowl champion. He's got three of them, baby. I don't have any of them, so maybe he can lend me one. And I'll lend him. you one. No, nah, you're not going to lend me one. Don't lie to people. <laughs> now you're hurting my feelings. I'll let you wear it. If we're in person, so, I'll let you wear it all day long. Yeah, I have to hang out with you. we got to hold hands
4: or something. This is noted. Now it's reported. Mm. It's documented. I let people wear my rings. i let let
2: Strangers wear my rings all the time. You don't want me to run away with your ring, okay? Because you'll never get it back. Either. I don't think you're going to get too far. Kenyon, this is what you
3: do to make sure that you'll get your ring back from him. Just send him your Patriots one. i <laughs> will have a tough time wearing that uh, one. I see what you did
4: there.
3: It'll be like one of those movies. I'm
2: going to the bathroom. Let me bring it to the bathroom. You see me try to run out and no. you see... All of a sudden, you come out of nowhere and tackle me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it,
4: look, it, Give me my it, ring. Be like. I've been around women my entire life. Mm. Oh, you got to go to the bathroom? Me too. Let's go as a group. Let's go together.
2: This is a boys and girls room. We're going to go together. Uh-huh. Nobody else could walk in. It's just me and you, baby. And make sure you keep the ring on top of the stall. Not on your fingers. I do not want to wash that ring. Please uh-huh. keep it on top.
4: I'll soak it. In what? Soak it in water and soap. In the sink? Don't take it in the stall and soak
2: it. What kind of person do you think I am, man? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm the one that beats up bullies, sticking people's heads in swirlies. I stuck up for all the kids that were right. abused, it's man. Like
4: Zach Randolph said, where I'm from, bullies get bullied. Rebo?
2: I mean, look at that guy man he's built like an ox but we really appreciate you as always man you're fantastic and i know you're busy and you're making some money you're not betting you're building up some business and you're the brain of the function but we got to talk off air but you are fantastic keep up the good work i am going to send you the sweatshirt i will Mm. get you connected with chris and we really appreciate the time man you are fantastic i loved you when you played i know everybody Mm. says well i've heard of kenyon but how many years did he play i said how many super bowl rings did he win i don't care how many years he played i don't care who he was or what he was, he's got three Super Bowl rings. How many do you have? Next time they ask, tell him 10. There you go, 10. We love you, man, and keep up the good work, and I love what you're doing, and now that your career is over, I think your new part of your career is going to begin, and I think you're a great personality. I think you're a good face for the NFL moving forward, and keep up the good work, man.
4: I appreciate you, brother. Much love to you both. Appreciate you, Speedy. Keep doing your thing, man.
2: Thank Thank you. you. The great Kenyon Burner. Not Barner. The Burner. And I'm going to call him Kenjin. Kenjin the engine. He
3: speeds ahead. That's what he was in his day. A great special teams guy. Great running back. Fast guy. Played for Oregon as well. And knows a little thing about winning Super Bowl. He won three of them in four years. And including the last team that took down the villain of the Kansas City Chiefs now. He needs to give me one of his rings. I asked
2: him if I could wear one. And he says everybody wears one. And I tried to tell him that what happens if I run away from him. He says there's no way in hell you're running away from me. So it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to steal any of his rings. When we come back ladies and gentlemen some NBA conversation. As the the New York Knicks acquire Bogdanovich yes one of the best three-point shooters in the league percentage-wise and Alec Burks yes he is back in a New York Knicks uniform when we come back we'll get into the NBA trade deadline here on the weekend crunch We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember to listen to our show every Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out the World Wide Sports Radio website by going to worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with me and Speedy Petey and Sean Smith ex-NFL defensive tackle Wednesdays and Thursdays worldwidesportsradio.com and check out our podcast yes guys if you missed any of the shows live you can go to The Sports Loudmouth on Apple Podcasts and Spotify 62,000 downloads in the last three and a half months shout out to all the fans listening to us every single week oh my god if you're a Nick fan you're loving Leon Rose adding OG and Anobi and Boyan Bogdanovich one of the better shooters in the league and then Alec Burks yes he's back I actually loved him when he was a Nick. I didn't understand why the Knicks let him go but this is his last year of his contract and I think bringing him back really fits what Tom Thibodeau is trying to do Woj reports that the Knicks have acquired Bogdanovich and Burks from the Pistons in exchange for two second round picks and four players including Evan Fournier and Quentin Grimes. Bogdanovich is averaging 20.2 points per game, shooting 41.7% at the three-point line, 78% at the free throw line. Burks is averaging 12.6 points per game, shooting 39.4% at the three-point line, and 90% at the free throw line. Burks will be a free agent after of the season. Bogdanovich has one more year left on his deal, but not a lot of guaranteed money left. The Knicks are currently dealing with injuries to Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, and OG Ananobi. I think this was the best move at the trade deadline. Bogdanovich is one of the better shooters in the league, one of the better three-point shooters in the league. He's a spot-up shooter. That's something that the Knicks have not had in a very long time. Steve Novak was the last New York Knicks that could do that. And adding a shooter like this, it definitely benefits the New York Knicks. But the only thing that I look at this trade that really stands out is the Knicks are trying to add two-way players. Now, Bogdanovich has been a better two-way player over the last couple of years, especially with Detroit, but he's more of a shooter. But adding Alec Burks, he's been here before. He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder, and he can shoot. So you're adding a guy that's accustomed to New York and also a guy in Bogdanovich that has never played in a big city. This is his first opportunity to really show what he can do on the big stage in Madison Square Garden. And the New York Knicks and Leon Rose adding OG and Anobi earlier before the trade deadline was a huge pickup. And now losing him for three weeks, he's going to have surgery. Bone spurs are definitely something that you have to be careful, especially a guy that is as important right now to the New York Knicks as any player, including a guy like Jalen Brunson. So now, you add depth, and the Knicks have one of the best benches now in the league, adding Burks, adding Bagdanovich. I think the Knicks have put themselves in a very good position. Now, they need to add another backup point guard. I thought that adding Murray would absolutely open up an opportunity if they need to sit a guy like Jalen Brunson at the end of the season. This is something that the Knicks need. They need depth, and they don't want to burn out their players. This is something Tom Thibodeau has been known for for years. In Minnesota, all the way from Chicago ask Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was burnt out as a player. I believe one of the main reasons why Derrick Rose blew out his knee was because he was on the court too much. And Kim Noah, he had plantar fasciitis and he had bad problems with his feet for years because he was being used almost 40 minutes a game for a big man. Bogdanovich, you can move him around the perimeter. You can have him spot up. You can put him in so many different positions to help out offensively if you need points off the bench. If you don't have Jalen Brunson, if you don't have Julius Randle on the the court. In the Eastern Conference, I think they have the best second unit. And what Tom Thibodeau likes to do in the playoffs, he usually only plays eight guys. And right now, they're sitting at fourth. Cleveland is sitting there at second, and Milwaukee in third. This is going to be close all the way to the end. What I'm thrown off is the New York Knicks. For years, they've been holding on to a guy like Quentin Grimes. They didn't want to trade for Donovan Mitchell. And Quentin Grimes, they were building him. He was becoming a better shooter. And the Knicks were trying to set him up to be the next good two for the New York Knicks. I like the OG and Anobi move, but adding on Anobi, I thought they were going to keep Quentin Grimes, move him into the second team, and that would give them depth. But they added Alec Burks. They added Bogdanovich. Two percentage shooters at the three-point line. And this is something that the Knicks are going to need in the playoffs. Spread out that offense and give guys like Jalen Brunson a lane to run in and and put the ball in the net. I think this is going to be fun, and we'll see if they can stay healthy. They have guys right now in Randall dislocated shoulder. The last time Randall got hurt, and he was out a significant amount of time. I think he was out for two weeks. It was at the end of
3: the season last year. And what What happened in the playoffs? The guy couldn't hit a shot. You hope that Randall can evolve and be much more of a team player. He's done that in the regular season so far, but will it evolve into the playoffs or will those other things set in is going to be another question because you look at their offensive output in the playoffs, it was really all Jalen Brunson and nobody else. And now you had another guy who has size in Bogdanovich, but they haven't had a spot-up
2: shooter like this. Like I said, Steve Novak. He was the last spot-up shooter the Knicks have had. Bogdanovich is a much better shooter than Steve Novak because he could do more than just shoot. He can go to the
3: paint and he can go to the free-throw line line, and he's one of the better free-throw shooters in the NBA. And versatile, too, where if the Knicks want to do a smaller lineup because of these injuries, they could use him as a four and still have a good like offensive potency overall. Obviously not anymore with Grimes, but they still got Hart, they still have enough wing guys with Ananobi that they could still make that work, even in a smaller lineup, to supplant the injury that they have right now to Robinson. And even in the playoffs, they need to come back and they need three-point shooting. I think the Evan Fournier move was
2: fantastic for the New York Knicks, too, because they moved a contract, which gives them more money in the offseason to spend. And if... Randall decides to not take that player option, which he probably will because it's $40 million. but if he decides to not take that player option, then the Knicks have a chance to sign two star players in the offseason. Maxie's going to be available this offseason. He's a rich player, and there are quite a few other players that the Knicks could make a trade in the offseason to make them a, a significant powerhouse in the Eastern Conference next year. This is the window for the New York Knicks now. We've seen what they can do. Now they got to do it in the playoffs, and they need to do it against the teams that actually show up in the playoffs. The Mavericks acquire a Power forward P.J. Washington from the Hornets for Seth Curry. Grant Williams, 2027 first round draft pick. The Mavericks also acquire Wizard Center Gafford for future draft picks. The Thunder acquire Gordon Hayward from the Hornets for forward Davis, Burtons, and guard Trey Mann. The Pacers acquire Doug McDermott from the Spurs for a second round draft pick. And I like this buddy. He'll move too. What did they give up? Marcus Morris in three second round draft picks? Woes reports that the Hawks were not willing to trade DeJounte Murray, not Getting the value he is worth The Kings were reportedly very close To a deal for Kyle Kuzma But couldn't get the deal done Kyle Kuzma still could be available If they decide to buy him out I think Kyle Kuzma was the big name on that list Of players that were going to be available Bogdanovich was another one I knew the Knicks were interested in P.J. Washington I was surprised that the Mavs made two significant moves It's going to make them better P.J. Washington, who's averaging about 13.6 points per game 5.3 rebounds per game 2.2 assists per game And now also Daniel Gafford, who's been fantastic, too, this year. So they've added two good players to this lineup who, right now, cannot stay healthy. Their best player, Luka Doncic, he has not been 100% healthy. He's having a sensational year. And the MVP of the league right now is Luka Doncic. I think he's been the best player in the league. All around, Dallas is not a good team. Kyrie Irving can't stay on the court, and when he is on the court, he doesn't shut up. How many games has Kyrie Irving played all season long? I look at, right now, the position... That Dallas is in, I would have never thought they were going to be in position the way they are going into the playoffs and being one of the better teams in the Western Conference. It's all about what you could do in the playoffs. I don't care what you could do in the regular <laughs> yeah. season.
3: We're going to go rate NBA trade deadline deals. I'll do the Dallas Mavericks deals first, the uh, the two that they made for Daniel Gafford and also for P.J. Washington, which I think they definitely needed size. They have enough scoring prowess between the, the two guys, Kyrie, Luke, and also Josh Green, a young kid that's played very well for them this year, but I'd really help out. It's uh, Seth Curry who seems to go around everywhere in 2027 first round pick. I like those deals for both. I will give that uh, an A- for the Dallas Mavericks. I think they did a great job with both of their it's...
2: I like what the Milwaukee Bucks did. I love Patrick Beverly. He's one of the best defensive perimeter defenders in the NBA at his position, at the point guard position. He can defend multiple positions, so I like that from Milwaukee. They need to build the bench. They lost, uh, in Drew Holiday, a huge defensive piece. And now you add a guy like Patrick Beverly, he gives you that distinct defense prowess at the point guard position. I like that. I like the move. They needed to add that secondary piece to help out Damian Lillard coming off the bench. And he could defend multiple guard positions position. So I'm going to give it a
3: B minus. All right. I'll go to that Celtics trade that happened a couple days ago with Xavier Tillman, too. I think this is actually a very underrated one for the Celtics. Tillman is always a good defensive player in Memphis. Didn't really get as much shine because of Jaron Jackson, and how good he is defensively. But he's always been one of the best forwards off the bench in these little run that the Grizzlies have had at being one of the best teams. And I think with Chris napspor Zingas now hurt, too, for the Celtics, it's going to help them be able to get some defense inside while he's hurt, and even for the playoffs in rotation. So I like this move a lot for the Celtics. I'm going to give it a B plus.
2: I like the move by the Rockets. It's adding Steven Adams. Steven Adams is a good center in the league for many, many years. He's been a distinct center, known to be a bad boy on the court. They needed to add a gritty style of game adding Steven Adams. A guy that's been injury prone for the last couple of years, but a guy that can dominate in the paint and cause a lot of havoc. So I like that move. And the Grizzlies adding Victor Oladipo. It's a veteran player. If he stays there next year with a young player, young dominant player like John Morant, maybe it'll help the kid develop. And three second round draft picks, which could turn into a first because you can move up with three second round draft picks into the first round, the late first round, and grab a player of your liking. So, I like the move more for the Rockets. I give the Rockets on this deal a B plus. I really like this, because the Rockets right now can make the playoffs, and Steven Adams, who's been in the playoffs, played for OKC, played for playoff teams, and was a dominant force for those teams. So, I'll give the Rockets a B plus. I'll give the Grizzlies a C plus because I do believe that those three second round draft picks could turn into a first round draft pick in the future.
3: I'm going to go back to the Buddy Heel deal as well. This Sixers got really good value for this. They only had to trade Corkmas, who was really a bench piece that emerged in his first season, but has not been great since then. And Marcus Morris is just bumping around all different teams. He's getting older now too, and three second round picks. I, if you're the Pacers at this point, I don't know why you just don't keep Heel. I know it's going to be hard for them to pay him because they have to pay Siakam, but you're still trying to contend right now. You're still a playing team. You're right in the cusp of being in that top six. I don't know why they wouldn't just keep Heel at that point for the Sixers. I think it's a great move for them. Like for their wing players are all old that they've evolved with MB and Maxi, Tobias Harris, who's probably the. Best one, and he has been kind of bad since he signed his contract. And revolves around the old guys like Danny Green. Finally, they have a young one that created Body Healed. I love this deal for the Sixers. This is an A. Deal for
2: them. The 76ers report that Joel Embiid suffered a lateral meniscus injury in last Tuesday's game versus the Warriors. They say that Embiid will reevaluate in four weeks. Embiid is averaging 35.3 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, and cysts, assists assist per game this season. The 76ers are fifth in the Eastern Conference. I do believe that Joel Embiid will be back in the next couple of weeks. I cannot see him missing the season. A meniscus tear is not as bad as an ACL and you can't play on an ACL or an MCL injury. But a meniscus, we've seen players play with torn meniscus. Joel Embiid is still one of the best players in the league. Now, do I believe he should have won the MVP last year? The answer is no. I thought Joker was the best player in the league. This year, it could be Luka Doncic. He's having a really, really good season. He's putting up the numbers. He had a 73-point game. But Joel Embiid missing four weeks of basketball, it does hurt his chances of winning back-to-back MVPs, which he just absolutely adores. He should be worried about being the only big man in history that's won an MVP that's never taken his team to an Eastern Conference Finals or a Western Conference Finals. So it tells you that he does not win the big game. But they're not winning right now without him this year. Maxi's having a sensational year. I believe an MVP candidate. He's done everything that Nurse has asked him to do. This defense has played well even without Embiid. The problem is they don't have enough size. Without Joel Embiid, it affects them against the bigger teams and the more athletic teams. And we've seen that over the last week, week and a half since Embiid has been out. They're falling. They're going to fall. I do not believe they're going to be a playing team. I think they're going to be between a 6 and a 5 seed. The Knicks are a better team now. Even when Embiid comes back, is he going to be as good as he is with a healthy knee? The answer is no. He's going to wear a knee brace. He's going to play a certain amount of minutes. He's not going to play 40-something minutes with a torn meniscus. This is your franchise player. Embiid is going to be a 30-minute player. They need offense.
3: Right. Especially a lot of their deaf veterans that they brought in in the James Harden trade, too. A lot of those guys are more defensive specialists. I think Buddy Heald is a perfect fit for them, Embiid, they really need the size from him. And we've seen in the playoffs, too, Embiid be very streaky. So Nurse has to make sure that they manage the minutes very well with him. The
2: standings, they're right there. They're right there with the Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Milwaukee Bucks, how long are they going to be able to hold up without Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid has been everything to this team and this organization since his knee surgery, and they got rid of Ben Simmons, they got rid of Doc Rivers, and this team has actually played very well under Nurse, and he didn't want to play under Nick Nurse. As a matter of fact, there were stories coming out when they brought Nick Nurse in that he wanted to be traded that offseason, but he has done wonders for this team. This team is playing better team defense. I like Nick Nurse. He's one of the more underrated coaches in the NBA? Does this team have
3: enough without a guy like Joel Embiid to win, to be a top five team in the Eastern Conference. I don't think so. Very hard for them to be able to do well in the playoffs as that lower seed. I know we saw on Miami last year as an 8 seed, but they're the only team. They're the exception of the rule. Otherwise, you don't see a below top three seed go to the NBA Finals besides Miami, who did as a 5 and did as an 8. Every other team that's won a championship is a 1, 2 or 3 seed, so they're not going to be that anymore, especially with the way the Knicks have played. Cleveland's been hot. It's going to be very hard. Maxie
2: is restricted free agent this offseason, and they'll be a team
3: they can't offer him a max
2: contract like the 76ers can, but but why would he stay over there with the Sixers if he knows Joel Embiid is not going to be there probably in the next two or three years? And Joel has already come out and said if this team doesn't start to win, he might look elsewhere to win somewhere else. So obviously it's all about money but there'll be teams lining up for a guy like Maxi because he's a fantastic talent, young, and he could do everything. He can rebound. He's become a better defensive player this year and this team's played through him, which who would have thought that a three-year player who's 23 years old yep. has transformed his game into a number one superstar in this league. Maxi is a free agent and he's one of Paul's guys and he sat down with the Knicks and LeBron James I don't want him. They had to fix that relationship with Rich Paul. They did do that and now you have a chance to make a run for Maxie now Rich Paul could say hey my client would love to come and play with Jalen Brunson my client would love to come and play with your organization because we'll have a chance to win a championship and I think the same thing with LeBron James LeBron James brought Rich Paul into the league. Gave him his first client which was LeBron James. When we come back if you're a betting man or a betting lady you should be listening to this segment every single week as we have Chaz. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is back and Reno Johnny here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, is the weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember to listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time only on 103.9 The LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth with Me. Speedy Petey and Sean Smith, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7pm live and in color. If you miss any of our shows, check out Apple Podcasts and Spotify, The Sports Loudmouth. We love these guys and boy oh boy, I need to make some money at the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to hearing what these boys have to say about Super
0: Bowl 58
2: as we call this segment Moneyline Mania.
1: This is Moneyline Mania. Witches and the crew. He's back full
2: time, ladies and gentlemen. It's the one, it's the only, Chaz.
1: I'm really looking forward to a couple of uh, Vegas stories, but of course I haven't talked to Jonathan in a while. We've both been yeah. busy. And of course the Vegas trip takes a lot of time out of me. I lose a day each week. So I got to work five days and four days and I got a lot of gigs I do. So it keeps me busy, but then I'm old. So you give an old guy, all those drink tickets. It takes a couple of days to get back to reality. I get home late Monday. I'm chasing Tuesday cause I'm tired. And then by Wednesday I'm kicking it, but now I'm short a week again. So I keep getting to it, but I catch him whenever I can. Vegas inside. Right. So it's always good to talk to him. I've known him a long time. I almost met him though. I was in San Antonio, right? But it was like we were going to Houston the next morning. We yeah. couldn't hit up. Yeah. It's funny because I know all these guys that I've never partied with, I've never partied with Wes. I party <laughs> with John. That was one of my biggest stories. So John and his wife took us out. Three of us went out. Johnny didn't want to go. Tommy couldn't make it. We go to this pizza place downtown for a slice and a beer. And it's a good pie. And it calls itself evil pie. When you understand the concept of pizza, when you hear someone call it a pie, then instantly you have my attention and if there's a decent pie you have my respect and they do a really good pie but it's a deal it's like a pizza and a beer and it's like nine dollars or something it's really good because some places a slice is ten dollars compared to san diego the pricing is so low it's so expensive in california so johnny took me out to margaritas we went for happy hour it's a famous tiki bar called golden tiki it is without a doubt the most unique experience in the history of my experiences because once you walk in the door it's like you go back into a a time warp and it really is the most usual bar I've ever been in, but they have the best Mai Tais in their happy hour. They're half price so they're like $7. You go to San Diego, you're paying 15 to $20 for a Mai Tai. So we banged a couple of those. So by the time I got to John and his <laughs> wife, Andrea, I couldn't really talk. I wasn't totally drunk, I was just beat up. And some days you just lose. The way you get free rooms is the money you play through. My I friend. lost every race. There was no playthrough. I gave you all my money I have. So I get drink tickets to show for it. So I go with John, I come back by third hand at a three-card poker table. But we're getting dropped off by John and his wife at the front door of the Strat. A seven, eight, nine of spades. I got a straight flush. I took that $500 I went over to the crap table and put down 200 And there's nobody at the crap table but me. First of all, I started by calling AC Ducey. I always do it. I've done it. On 10 of these craps, I've done it four times. The very first roll ever, I call it and I throw $10 or $15 on it. And this time it was 10 and I nailed it. So it was like, what a way to start. So you know how you have to rack when you play craps, right? $200 is not a lot. So I had a little, maybe, I don't know, three inches. And by the end, I had like 12 to 14 inches of chips. I ended up turning two into six. Thanks. There's nobody there to believe me. Vicky <laughs> said you should have took a picture. I said, nah, I'm good. I know it happened. But every horse race dollar, I got back in 30 minutes. Because <laughs> I leave. If I hit, I don't know about you, Jonathan. When you hit, do you stay around and give them money back? I'll give them a couple more hands, and then I'm out of there.
0: I'll give them a couple more hits. I'm not going to lie. I like craps. I don't like playing craps by myself. I like at least a couple people, and then maybe we get hot. And-
1: I'm total opposite. And the reason is, it's my world. I'll throw the yeah. dice when I want. Yeah. Nobody rushes me. To go on the roll like did, I hit AC Deuce more than one time in this run but i didn't put odds on the five and the five came up four times not in a row but out of like six rolls four of them were fives and every time i said yeah i'm not putting the odds by the last one i'm like what an idiot i am
0: obviously i like to have the people there so when you're rolling no i'm not money. saying
1: i don't love and... hopping on a craft table if you give me one where there's nobody on it i'm a hog heaven <laughs> See, but I don't roll either. Though. Yeah, you're playing. A, I call one, two, and it comes up 40% of the time. In college, it's AC Ducey. If you hit, get AC Ducey, playing backgammon. You get to roll a 1 and a 2. You get doubles of your choice, and you get to hit the ball. AC2C was a pretty important part of my college education. What does it pay me, like 15 to 1? 10 or 15 to 1, yeah. It really is cool because the prop bets that I do on the conference championship games slide right into the Super Bowl. So what kind of budget? How much do you bet on props versus betting on the game? I bet on the game more. I kind of throw in a little bit of props for Super
0: Bowl, but I really bet on the game. I'm not a great prop better. I can call games, and because Super Bowl, I'll definitely throw some props, but I do spreads and totals. And it's so out. cool,
1: though, that he knows that, and he does that. Squares? I'll just give you the money. I don't want my square. I don't want to know any numbers. <laughs> take the money, because I never win, ever. I stopped doing it. it was the same thing to the contest. I joined the contest like in Vegas. I did the pro contest with the proxies, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I did it for the college. I did it for pro. Either way, if you had bet the opposite of what I put in, you would have won. So I've learned to not do contests because I'm just spitting the money away. You gotta know what you like to do and what you're gonna win at. is a lot of fun, so I was on with Billy Elvis from 93 One, The Fan in Lima. We did a crossover. When we were on the air here in San Diego, he was on the air in Ohio. We're both in the air at the same time live, and each show was the same. But I was talking about did you see some of the props? that involved the Kelsey's. There was one Chiefs win and Kelsey proposes. Chiefs win and Taylor announced she's pregnant. Chiefs win and both Kelsey's retire.
3: There was also some actually named after Taylor Swift songs, one of which was named Karma, where Thomas Kelsey didn't have a catch.
1: I saw that. They (laughs) did have little nicknames for the props. But I remember when we used to talk to the guys in Vegas, they'd go into the hole for two, three days to come up with four or five hundred props. You know, now they got them in cross props and political props. It's crazy. I like the longest TD. I like the defensive player. I got the longest TD in one of the conference games. There were no TDs by special teams or defense in either of the conference games. But I hit every single touchdown that I bet for the 49ers. And I had Kelsey, you know, to start the game with the first player to score. It was a good weekend. But I was on Baltimore because I told you, Vicki, for the last five weeks, Vicki has worn either her Tucker jersey or her Ray Lewis jersey or her somebody else jersey. She's got three jerseys. She's got her Baltimore cup. She's got her Baltimore hat. She's going to work on Friday, stressed. So I sucked right into it. I put all my money on Baltimore. and I I, I kind of bought into the hype.
0: I was on Baltimore, actually. I never fade Patty Mahomes in the playoffs. First road game for him ever in his career in the playoffs. The atmosphere is going to be electric. I've been to Baltimore Raven playoff games home games. I've been to Oriole home. Fans get electric. I thought it was going to be massive. It's just Patrick Mahomes.
1: They started stinky and they stayed stinky. The interception is an interception, but the drop in the ball on the one yard line and you end up losing losing by
0: seven points. That's tough. He was on the centimeter line. That touchdown was big for me because you get a touchdown. Now you're down three. Stop. In my opinion, I go to overtime. You can still win by six. But if you get the ball back down three with two minutes, like you're going to try and score that touchdown.
1: I had a money line, but I'm (laughs) kicking myself because of the fact that Mahomes in the playoffs The only reason that we never saw What he could do on the road before Is because he didn't have to But this year he had to And he showed us what he could do on the road again Let's do this You got $200 to mark. You're my guy How much should sure I bet that $200? I used to have the first player to score But every week Every game Has the first player to score now it wasn't yeah. like that. The Super Bowl was the only game of the year where you could find a prop like that.
0: Props used to be just for the Super Bowl, and they used to have, like, 30 props. Yeah, yeah. They have over 500 now. For real exotic props and container split props, you definitely got to go offshore <laughs> for that. They won't have that in Vegas, but I'm a game better i don't really bet a whole lot of props i'm on the chiefs heavy i think the chiefs are the better team i think they're the better coach team they have a better quarterback i just look at the niners and while they had a great season not really impressive given the last seven or eight weeks last seven or eight weeks they've kind of muddied the waters and just kind of did what had to be done Won some games but they probably should have lost to the packers they played a terrible football game against the Packers, a team that i don't think is very good i get they beat the cowboys packers are not a very good football team they kind of Came on strong at the end, and then they come in against the Lions. Probably lose that game. If the Lions don't do Lions things, right? They just kind of gave that game back to, to, to the Niners. I look at the Chiefs. Really dominated their games in the playoffs. They, they took care of business against the Dolphins. Really wasn't close in that game, wire to wire, not a sweat winner against Baltimore. They've been the more complete team. They been there. This is now Patrick Mahomes fourth Super Bowl game, two and one. When you're
1: only lost in a Super Bowl is to Tom Brady, it's almost yeah, acceptable. He's been a
0: starter for six years. He's been in six in AFC Championship games, fourth Super Bowl. It's just tough to bet against that guy. And I got plus 124. Took this play right when it came out as soon as the announcement came out who the matchup was gonna be and when the line got hung, I went ahead and put in my play for plus one twenty four. So that's I'm really on them a little bit nervous because a lot of people are on the Chiefs. The bigger bettors are all coming in on the Niners. Um, but the guy that I respect the most is Billy Walsh. I think he's the best in the game. He's the paveway to us. And it came out that he's actually going to be on the Chiefs, it seems. So I think I'm on the right side. I got the best bang for my buck you're going to get. Because I got plus 124. You're not going to get that now. It's down to 110. Maybe you do a spread and a sprinkle on the money line. Maybe it comes down to a last-minute field when they lose by one or two. I think the Chiefs are just a better team. I think the emergence of Rasheed Rice has been big help to Travis Kelsey. I think there's just going to be a lot of motivation. This is a team that is not used to being the underdog, and they're relishing that role. They really are sitting there like, we're the underdogs. They're like, going to disrespect us, and it's wild because there's this narrative that nobody respects the Chiefs as an underdog, right? Like They were underdogs last year. This one won that game. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is 110 to one ATS as an underdog. So no problem here. Give me the Chiefs money line. I'm not going to take the spread. My biggest bet's going to be on the money line. And as of right now, that's not my only play on the Super Bowl. Chiefs on the money line. Probably going to add a total in. But I think it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes getting that price.
1: If you look at what he's done, it's just amazing. They put his picture up next to Peyton Manning. And they had Peyton Manning's stats. And they had his stats. Peyton Manning played 19 years. The kid did it in six playoff
0: stuff. The gold conversation is real because you look at Tom Brady, that took a 20-year career. You could tell
1: he wants Brady's crap. He'll the give the money. He's goal. going to do exactly what Brady did. He don't need any more money. He'll give the money back. Generational wealth in his family. He's going to start giving money back. You're going to keep player. Kelsey retired. He'll get somebody else out of Iowa. They're going to keep it rolling. Andy Reid is going to be the key to it all, though. He's going to be need between four and eight years to catch up to Brady.
0: I hate bending on the Chiefs now. They've gone from Cinderella to villain quickly. It's just what sports are about, right? Like Tom Brady at first Super Bowl. Everybody wanted Brady to they were a big fan of Brady and winning and like people were tired of the greatest show on turf, right? But it took three Super Bowls and then people started hating the Patriots. They started kind of, they're villains. Yeah, Teams, yeah. They're on the fast track. I would imagine
1: when you're good, you feed on that negativity. Oh, absolutely.
0: When you're the underdog too, like you definitely like that feeds you. A lot of Niner fans, Vegas and San Francisco, not that far apart.
1: I had some playoff data, the 49ers, in their last eight Playoff games on the road, which is a Super Bowl, is a road game for the data purposes because it's not at their house. Eight straight unders.
0: I think unders is definitely the play. I think this is one of those years the Chiefs' strength is not their offense. It's their defense.
1: How many times you won the AFC Conference Championship, but your bet lost because you had the team total over. They won the game with the team total under. That just doesn't happen. The Chiefs have been doing that.
0: Last nine games. Their second-half unders have been almost in at 90 Well,
3: they're not giving up points. The Chiefs in the second half of the
0: season had the least fourth-quarter points. They're not scoring either. They're just not allowing any In all those pitchers.
1: games, I start week 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, and the playoff games, they had only scored 10 touchdowns. San Francisco in five games, because they didn't play a wild card, had scored 15 offensive touchdowns. I look at The Lions defense not the strength. The
0: Lions were good because their offense, they had two home games, That's what made the Lions good. If the Lions just didn't cowboy and line it up, they would be in the Super Bowl, right? They just gave it away. Then I'm not crediting the Niners for being so explosive because I don't think they've seen the competition in the playoffs. The Chiefs have. And I think the Ravens best defense, and we saw what the Ravens did to the to the Niners in what was a pivotal matchup in the season, right? Blowout coast to coast. Just don't believe in Brock Purdy. I don't think Brock Purdy's the reason why they're so good. I think Brock Purdy coming in third in MVP voting was a terrible decision I think he's not there at all but because he's surrounded by just these massive athletes around him I look at Brock Purdy like if you got to come down to it the Chiefs are going to have a plan for CMC they're going to have a plan for Debo, right and if you come down to it you're going to make Brock Purdy a passer make him go to other guys like Ayuk and even Kittle right make him a thrower and I think you're going to see a different quarterback I just am not a believer in Brock Purdy um, and I think that Chiefs defense is going to give him a lot of fits much like the Packers defense did to him and the Lions defense in the first half. I think this is going to be a team that's come back back to the half of weeks, off a game that they lost to the Rams, a team that's slugged to the finish line. And I think that they're going to be in trouble when they face off against a team that I think now is the, definitely the best team in the league. One thing I will say with the Niners, as a Cowboy fan, Cowboy fans get a lot of crap from Niner fans you guys haven't won it forever not cowboys always choke they never win can i ask y'all a question how come the niners don't get that same talk they've been to two super bowls both else they've been to five nfc championship games have not won a super bowl in a longer time frame than dallas cowboys cowboys choke in the first round great niners choke in nfc championship games they choke in the super bowl how come they don't get the same hate That was, I want to get out the other play that I had. Rasheed Rice over his yards. This is a guy that's really come on as of late. And I know his hands have been questionable this year. However, they get him out in screen situations where it's not hard catches, it's not through traffic, and he's just letting him use his speed and go. And then I think Isaiah Pacheco over his yards... You lost value. That went up at 65, 64 and that's now up to sixty-seven and a half. Especially with McKinnon being ruled out for the game, so you're not going to have a, a real complimentary back there. More carries for Isaiah Pacheco. Put in one of those octopus octopus. I'm octopus. I'm going to do Patrick Mahomes. That's got to be stupid odds because yeah, I think quarterbacks got to run it in, and he yeah. have to run in the, he'd have to run the extra, yeah. extra the two point
1: But out. I think there's more people on Kansas City that you could make that bet for than on San Francisco. CMC, baby Dabo, but no doubt Kelsey can do it. I think a
0: quarterback, the value's way higher, right? Oh, got big time. That's
1: going to run it in both. Well, times. The, the, just at the, the any time TDs for quarterbacks are big yeah. money to yeah. come back and do it. Maybe not with Philly. The octopus on Philly's probably not as big odds because up to when they got stopped in those last few games, there was a point where they were going for it on fourth and two because nobody could stop them. They just get pushed them. And... Yeah,
0: I'll give that one more play been with wide down some people. In a big game against UC San Diego, they were able to pull away in that game in overtime. They had to make a miracle three to tie the game. Now you look at Hawaii, kind of in the same situation, right? Big emotional win on the islands. They're still on the islands. It's just a late night game to get you through to the Super Bowl. But I'm actually gonna fade Hawaii. I'm gonna take UC Davis plus two and a half, maybe some money line and sprinkle action. But the Hawaii emotions of the last game, where well, they probably should have lost that game. They, they took a the UC San Diego team, which is the best three-point shooting team in their conference. They were 0 for 10 and a half. They averaged 10 a game. 10 make threes a game. And they were like three or four in an overtime loss. So Hawaii kind of got fortunate there. They're still down. Jovan McClanahan, Kobe gone. They got a big man down as well. I think the emotions, it's kind of a letdown spot. What time oh, is that tip-off East time? 11.59 Eastern. Yeah, it's 10.59 my time. I'm going to take UC Davis, plus two and a half. Appreciate all right, Jonathan,
1: great weekend. Appreciate all your picks too, Jonathan. Absolutely. Let's catch right. some tickets, and I'll talk yep. to you all next week. Yep, thanks for
3: joining us, guys. Yep. Always be cash. For a little bonus, West had some plays that he sent us. So he for college basketball tonight has Arizona plus one and a half at Colorado. That game starts at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And then for the Super Bowl, two props for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He has over one and a half receptions, over 29 and a half receiving yards, and he's got the Chiefs minus three and a half for a plus $180 payoff.
2: If you guys do not bet on these picks, shame on you. These guys are as good as they get. Last year, they were at 73 percent this year they're aiming for about 78 79 this is the best handicapping segment in the country guarantee it book it when we come back ladies and gentlemen some MLB conversation as Corbin Burns is heading to the Orioles what is this spell for the New York Yankees we will tell you here on the weekend crunch We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host. Speedy, Petey, remember you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time, only on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network, brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out all our shows by going to WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Check out all our local listings and shows and our show, The Sports Loudmouth every single Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7pm. Tune in and any shows that you miss, you can go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and search The Sports Loudmouth and you can tune in and download any of the shows that you miss. All you have to do is go to WorldwideSportsRadio.com The MLB season, it's been a crazy offseason. There's still a lot of players available right now. Blake Snell, one of the best pitchers, the Cy Young winner of the National League last year is still available. What does that spell for the Yankees better be spelling something because after this move by the Orioles landing, Corbin Burns it could set the Yankees back a little bit in this division. The Brewers traded Corbin Burns to the Orioles for infielder Joel Ortiz, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, and the 34th overall pick in the 2024 MLB draft. Burns is in his final year of arbitration, worth about $15.6 million. ESPN's Buster Olney reports that billionaire David Rubinstein is rumored to buy the Orioles for 1.75 billion, which is a good deal by yeah. the way. SNY's Andy Martino reports that the Yankees were interested, but the price was too high because he was unsure if he would resign. Burns had a 3.39 ERA, a 1.07 whip, 200 strikeouts in 194 innings pitched last season. In six MLB seasons, Burns has a 3.26 ERA and a 1.05 whip, and 870 strikeouts in 700. 7- and nine innings pitch. This guy's been durable. This guy's a durable pitcher. I'll say this about the Yankees. I think I would have made the move for a guy like Corbin Burns. I would have taken a chance with Corbin Burns. I think you could resign him. I don't think you're going to be outbid for Corbin Burns in the offseason because there are teams that are going to go after Juan Soto. If the Yankees believe that they're not going to be able to re-sign Juan Soto, you're going to have to renegotiate a deal for Cole because he is going to opt out of his contract and then you bring in Corbin Burns, then you still have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. You have Corbin Burns, you have Cole, you have Rodon, you have Cortez, even Marcus Stroman, who has more depth than you do. So I didn't understand why the Yankees didn't make a bigger move. They did give up three prospected pitchers. They only have two in their farm system now. They gave away the two best ones in their farm system. By the way, the Yankees, over the years, how many good pitching prospects have come out from their farm system? (laughs) Not many. I mean, the last one was the one that they traded. King tore his UCL. He was out for a whole season the year before and he played sensational in the second half. They moved him into the rotation. I think the Yankees are going to regret trading him if they can't re-sign Juan Soto. But I still think that the Yankees' farm system is still kind of in the lower side of the 20s in the league right now. But if
3: you could get a guy like Corbin Burns, that could change your rotation. That could change everything for the Yankees. So
2: I think the Yankees made a big mistake.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised, with, considering what the price was for the Orioles, that there weren't as much of a bidding war. And the Brewers did it as quickly as they did, too. You would think with a new president of baseball operations, a new regime that they want to bring there, they were going to make it a lot tougher on these teams that they ended up being. Now, I like Hall. I think he's going to be a good pitcher. But he was, I think, only the, the 80th-something-ranked prospect in baseball. Like You needed something that was at least kind of closer to the 50s in order to trade for somebody like Burns. Because Burns is young. Like you were saying, he's really Durable. He's got great strikeout stuff. And if you're the Yankees, why are you going to make the division a lot harder on you when the Orioles have all this other young talent in their rotation already? All this other young talent that they're hitting. And least sure other jack ones. up yeah. the price. Yeah, because we were talking about it with the Red Sox potentially doing it too. And obviously the Blue Jays are going to be in on everybody because it seems to be the story of the offseason for them. So I'm surprised the Yankees wouldn't have pushed a lot harder for that because the Orioles got him for a bargain.
2: Rodon, I think if he stays healthy, he'll be fine. He was not healthy last year. He shouldn't have come back. It was a big mistake by the Yankees. He had shoulder problems. He had back problems last year. I would have sat him out for the season. I don't care what you're paying him. Twenty seven million 27 is not <laughs> is not a lot of money for the Yankees. The Yankees could have held on because now Everybody's going to boo Rodon. There's a lot of pressure on Rodon now to go into the season as the power left-hander that the Yankees spent a lot of money in the offseason last year and to go out there and put up the numbers that he did with the Giants, put up the numbers that he did when he was in Chicago. So Rodon has a lot of pressure on him. He needs to show up this year and do that. I think if, if the Yankees didn't put the pressure on him and sat him out for the season, there wouldn't have been as much pressure on him going into a big season where the Yankees are right now in a division where, let's be honest, they're not the the best team. They're not the best overall team in the American League East. Now, I think they're right there. We know the Rays are going to have a pretty good team. They, they added some good pieces to their roster. Wander is not coming back this year. I might mean, never be back. trading Glass now. Still a good team. Good organization. Great pitching prospects that they have in their organization. But no McClanahan this year for them. He's out with Tommy John. And Tommy John and the Blue Jays. They're looking to still add pieces. There's still good players available. Don't be surprised if Blake Snell signs with the Blue Jays. Knowing that he wants to tell the Yankees, hey, you should have given me more. And the Yankees did offer him a Rodon kind of contract, but he thinks it's a smack in the face. I disagree because... Blake Snell is good one year and off the next year or hurt the next year. He needs to be more consistent. That's why he's not going to get the $270, $250 million contract he wants going into his offseason. And he's also 30 years old. He's 30. guy that's been injury-prone for the last four seasons. There's a lot of questions to Blake Snell. He's won a Cy Young in the American League East. It's one of the hardest divisions to play in. It's the, the best division in baseball. And this is a division that's wide open because the Orioles are good. The Blue Jays are good. I think the Red Sox will be better better this year. I don't know how much better, but they'll be better this It'll year. They'll
3: be pesky like they usually and are. And the
2: Yankees, with the addition of Juan Soto and that lineup for Dugo and this pitching staff, this is still a good roster. So, I do believe the Orioles are the best team in his division until proven otherwise. And they have they have guys like Holiday coming up this year, Dak Holiday. This is a good roster and a dangerous roster. And I thought Corbin Burns would have gave the Yankee fans something to be excited for going into a season where there's a lot of
3: questions still to the Yankee roster. And they still have a deep p- pitching rotation even beyond Burns, too, when you look Look at how well guys like Kyle Bradish pitched for them last year. They got Grayson Rodriguez, who was the second-best prospect in baseball last year. Um, he pitched really well in the second half of the season after a rough first half. They got Tyler Wells, yep. and now Corbin Burns to give that veteran leadership there is definitely what they need because they're going to need a lot more at the starting rotation with some injuries they had in the bullpen last year, and you can't expect their bullpen because bullpens are very fluky. You can't expect to be as good as last year there, but it's still a strong team, and that offense is still really complete as well. And it'll be interesting to see now with this new ownership if they're going to be able to keep Burns, and you would hope with a guy... that. That's, it's, I think he's going to become the fourth richest owner in baseball if they do get it, if they're going to be able to re-sign him, too, because that'll be their first big move to make a statement that they're not the old organization. By the way, the Yankees are mentioned as a
2: landing spot for another Brewers pitcher, Devin Williams. They add a, a relief pitcher like that. He is their closer moving forward, and it helps out their bullpen, which they desperately need. So that's another name that's been called up, and the Yankees do have prospects. Chase Hampton, who's the number two prospect in the Yankees' farm system. Brando Maya. Uh, who's the number 10 prospecting Yankees farm system. Devin Williams is still under contract. He's still a young player. Yep. He's not going to see arbitration probably for another two, three years. Yeah. So uh, the Yankees are going to have control over him if they can make a move like that. But the Yankees need to make another splash. They're, they cannot be done. I, I don't know if they go for a starting rotation type of pitcher. Blake Snell was the guy that I thought they could have land. But it looks like Blake Snell is not taking less than he's asking for or something close to what he's asking for. And the only team that I think is going to offer him that is the Mets. And that's why I think one way or another, I think you're going to hear Blake Snell's name being brought up into the Mets organization.
3: Yeah, you mentioned that at the start of the offseason, too. Yeah. I just hope it's not a nine-year deal if they're going to do that. I don't, I don't think don't any more deal. than six. I
2: think they're going to pay him 35000000 million. Six-year deal. I could see somebody like Steve Cohen doing that because people are going to start to back up. The season's right around the corner. Blake Snell needs to be signed. There's quite a few players that are still available. A lot of teams are not willing to sign these guys because they have to give up a first round draft pick. Right. So that's what they're
3: afraid of. They don't want to give up talent, young talent, especially they're trying to rebuild that farm system. And a lot of those other teams that are losing those players are being rewarded with draft picks now In the latest thing from this lockout too. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the teams getting younger it's, it's beneficial to do that and I think the Brewers are definitely using that model too trying to make all these trades.
2: When we come back we do this every single week Courage Time! Here on the Weekend Crunch. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Weekend Crunch. I'm your host, Arrow Marks, my co-host, Speedy PD Remember you can listen to our show every single Saturday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Alley on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. Brought to you by New York Sports Team Magazine and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out the Worldwide Sports Radio website by going to WorldWidesportsRadio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including the Loudmouth. Check out our local listings by going to WorldWidesportsRadio.com. Download any of the shows you missed by going to Apple and Spotify the sports loudmouth, and you can tune in and listen to any of the shows that you missed. Oh my god, it's been a great show. Thank you to Kenyon Barner for doing what he always does best and entertain us and I hope I entertained you guys with the interview as well as we were bro-hugging each other. And Kaidino was trying to make you a Swifty. <laughs> he was trying to. It's not going to happen. I am not a Swifty. He actually listens to Taylor Swift, so mm-hmm. <laughs> who would have thought an ex-NFL player of that magnitude was listening to Taylor Swift? Good for him. Thank you to Chaz and his boys for giving us some winners for Super Bowl 58, but let's get into it. As we call this...
3: coverage time!
0: It's time for Crunch Time. Got to see the so this
3: is Super Bowl 58. We will have eight of questions of crunch time. We will start with Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, and the other tight end, George Kittle. Buy or sell, both Kittle and Kelsey will have five-plus catches at 75-plus yards.
2: I'm going to sell it. I do not believe both guys will have that. George Kittle, who was an all-pro player this year, and obviously we know Travis Kelsey has been the best tight end in football for the last seven years. I just think teams, both teams are going to figure out that they have to stop both guys and make them more one-dimensional
3: on one side of the ball, so I am going to sell that. I'm going to sell that one, too, because I also think tr- George Kittle is going to be used a, a lot as a blocker to counter these blitzes that Spagnuolo likes to do. He's very creative. Brock Purdy, we'll see if he's a m- a meant to that as a second-year quarterback. I think Kittle will be used as a blocker, so I don't think he'll have the, He might have the yards, but I don't think he'll have the catches. Kelsey, I do think, does, but I don't think Kittle does. I am going to sell it. All right, let's go to the defense. Both teams will have at least two sacks in this game. I'm going to buy it. I think both teams, and and by the
2: way, uh, by, <laughs> I'm sorry, by the way, Uh, For everybody that doesn't know, Patrick Mahomes has only been sacked one time throughout the playoffs. Once. But I do believe he will be sacked at least twice in this game. He was sacked, I think, twice in the Eagles game. So I do believe they'll get to him because I think the 49ers have the defense and I think they have Nick Bosa on the other side of the lane to get to him. So I buy that. And by the way, Kansas City's defense is definitely going to hit Brock Purdy because this offensive line on one side of the bowl is
3: not very good. So I'm going to buy it. Yeah, that right side of the 49ers offensive line is definitely questionable in pass protection. I do think Spagnuolo will be able to expose that. The Chiefs have a lot of pass rush depth and Joe Tooney's also going to be out the Chiefs on their offensive line. So I think the 49ers will be able to do well interior. So I am going to buy that one as well. All right, let's go to some wide receivers. All three of Debo, Ayuk, and Rasheed Rice will have at least four catches for 65 yards. Oh,
2: I absolutely buy it. By the way, watch out. By the way, watch out for Rasheed Rice. He's going to have a sensational year. I, I, Sensational game, trust me. And Debo Samuel absolutely is going to have a breakout game. As a matter of fact, he could be up for MVP if the 49ers win. So And and, and Ayuk always does. He, he In the last couple of weeks, he's been sensational for them, even making some of these crazy grabs off people's helmets. So,
3: yeah, I buy it. That one I'll sell. I think this will be a tougher matchup for Ayuk because Trent McDuffie has played very well in man coverage as well against number 1 receivers against Tyreek Hill. He did so in the playoffs against Stephon Diggs. We've seen him do it all year long. And even LeJarrius Sneed could rotate on him too. Debo, I think, definitely does. I think he has the biggest game of these three. And I agree with you. I think Rasheed Rice could even lead the Chiefs even more than Travis Kelsey in total receiving yards in this game. But I don't think Ayuk does. I am going to sell that. All right, both Christian McCaffrey and Isaiah Pacheco have 80-plus yards rushing and a touchdown. I'm going to buy it.
2: I think both running backs will have big games because both defenses throughout the season have had problems stopping big, beastly up north-south running backs. I think both McCaffrey will be that north run, north-south run, north running back in this game, and I
3: expect Pacheco to do that as well, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I'm going to buy that one too. Pacheco, I think, has been very efficient throughout the playoffs, and so far, nobody else has really taken that second running back job away from him, so he's going to get a boatload of that carries. And Christian McCaffrey, he's just the best one of he's the best running back in the league. He's going to definitely get his touches. The Chiefs are not great yards per carry touch-wise either. I think they're 26th in the league, so I'm absolutely going to buy that as well. Alright, both quarterbacks will have at least one turnover in this game.
2: I'm going to buy it. I I do. I think both teams are very iffy when it comes to this secondary, but I think both secondaries will have good games. I think Ward will have an interception in this game, and I think McDuffie
3: will have an interception, an interception in this game too. Maybe even a pick six in his game. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy that one too. I'm going to say Brock Purdy has a fumble. I think there'll be one blitz he does not sense. I don't think he has an interception, but I do think Spagnuolo will hit him with one of the blitzes, and I do think Patrick Mahomes will have one interception. He'll try to shoot the ball down the field, and one of the Niners' safeties, will like to play a lot of zone, will pick it off. So I am going to buy it. All right, we will see either a defense. Or special teams touchdown in this game. I think we're going to see a lot of crazy things in this game, so I'm going to buy it because
2: usually in a Super Bowl you see all these trick plays and these weird plays, and I think both coaches, and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, who are two offensively mind coaches, that are going to figure out things, especially
3: if their team falls behind early. So I'm going to buy it. That one I'll sell. I don't. I think these are efficient enough offenses where they're not going to do it in that part of the field. Patrick Mahomes, I think, will take a chance, maybe more on his side of the field, and Brock Purdy, I think, he'll it, get a like I said, a will fumble, but I don't think it will leave to a touchdown i know there's some craziness i could see some weird plays trick plays for sure but i don't think a touchdown i will sell that all right the super bowl mvp will be somebody other than a quarterback i am going to sell
2: that there's no way i think if patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs win no matter how good kelsey or rice has a game or even pacheco or even andy Reid with his play calling none of those guys are going to win it but the quarterback, even if he throws 230 tu- 30 yards and one touchdown and two interceptions, he will still win the MVP. It always goes to the quarterback. Even Brock Purdy, he doesn't even have to have a great game. You could have, uh, Warner could have two sacks in a game. If Brock Purdy and the 49ers win and he takes the ball down the field at the end of the game to win the game, he is
3: going to be the MVP. I absolutely sell it. I'm going to buy it because I have a different angle of a lower scoring game. And usually when it's a lower scoring game, a lot of the time these quarterbacks struggle. So I think it can be definitely Christian McCaffrey. And like you said, it could even be a defensive player too. All all, all these guys have a lot of talent on that defensive side. If somebody gets two or three sacks in this game and because I think it's a low scoring game, I'll bet the field on that that it's somebody else. I'm going to lean towards McCaffrey if I were to pick anybody, but I could definitely see it being a defensive lineman too. Or even, like you said, Warner who's been the best linebacker in football for the last four years. So I am going to buy that. Alright, last one. Both teams will score over 24 points.
2: I'm going to buy it. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think there'll be I, I think there'll be at least 17 points in the first quarter of this game. So I'm going to buy it. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game all the way to the end. I think it'll become a defensive game and a running game. Who's going to run the ball better in the fourth quarter? And that's who's going to win the game. So I'm going to buy it.
3: That one I'll sell. I actually think this is a more of a low-scoring game with the offensive line injuries, with the offensive line concerns for the 49ers on the right side. The first game for Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl, I think there will be some early jitters. And I do think the Chiefs defense is playing as complete as well as it is. I think it'll make it very hard. I think it'll be much more of a ball control game that's why i told you i like the running backs earlier my score pick is 20 to 17 49ers so i have them both under in this game but i do think the 49ers win and i do think it's a defensive duel. i have so the
2: 49ers winning 32 to 27 all right. So I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I You might even see a safety in this game. Usually do in Ooh. the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that, that'll help your
3: 32 case.
2: <laughs> That's,
1: yeah, it's yeah, very going odd to be score. fun. I'm
3: sure there's a lot of good betting odds for that, for betting the team for 32.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I hope the Islander fans had a good time watching the Islander game. And listen to the Islander game here on 103.9. And listen to our pregame show as we give you it every single Saturday when the Islanders play. So shout out to the New York Islanders, the organization. Shout out to 103.9 FM for letting us do what we do best, and that's entertain you guys in sports. And a shout-out to Kenyon Barner for joining us all the way at the Super Bowl in Vegas, hanging out, doing his stuff. Three-time Super Bowl champion and our friend. And we're very happy to have him on the show again. And shout-out to Chaz for joining us and giving us their winners and must-bet on their picks, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody had a good time. Enjoy the Super Bowl, really. Enjoy the festivities. No, Taylor Swift is not going to be on the stage as she's flying from Japan to go and see her. Her man playing the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to watching Usher at the halftime show. Enjoy the game, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you next week, as always, here on 103.9, the LI News Radio Network.